NFTs have been dominating the news and tech world. But what are they exactly? And what are they predicted to become in the future? Do you even know how to buy and store an NFT? Mark Moglin is going to break it all down for you in this episode. Mark and Joe discuss all about NFTs, from how they started to where they're going, how you can utilize NFTs in your business, and how you can go about purchasing an NFT for yourself. Tune in to find out how Joe believes the real estate market can get involved in the NFT space. Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Roberts Show. This, this is The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the show. Let's get rolling by giving us a brief background about your investing experience. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big-time investor. Mostly, I consult to companies looking to launch in the blockchain space. Uh, I'm with Topio Networks, an AI-powered market intelligence uh, resource. I do manage a bit of my own investments, uh, playing around on Coinbase and, uh, and Robinhood and other, and other places, and got into the crypto game a few years back and have been enjoy- enjoying the ride. But the space that I've really been looking at is how to make moves in the emerging NFT space, which I think you'll agree is uh, quite an ex- exciting opportunity uh, in the history being written on a uh, blockchain, right? Yeah, I agree. It's it's very interesting. And what from your background or experience that kind of led you into the crypto market? I mean, it's a you know question for everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was doing my MBA a few years back, and I was actually very uh, skeptical of the whole Bitcoin and blockchain space. I was one of these holdouts. You know, I had heard of Bitcoin back in Silicon Valley, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> as far as these things go. And I, I just, I didn't really get it you know, like a lot of people and that, you know, I think we have to just accept like it, it just because you're getting in a little bit later in the game doesn't mean there's not room for expansion and room to get in and room to do some really interesting investments. Right. So I was a skeptic, but eventually I started to understand the fundamentals of Bitcoin, what, why it was scarce and how that created value. And then, uh, you know, the doors really opened for me and I took a deep dive uh, into blockchain. Now the NFT a phenomenon has come around and it, it bridges very nicely with my interest in media and music and, you know, my work uh, in that space. And I see it kind of coming full circle here. So that's how I got into crypto and I'm just learning like everyone else. And hopefully I can share a few insights into to what I've found, but it's the kind of thing where you just never stop learning, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's old news by yesterday, right? The next day it's already old news. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a very fast moving space. There's new companies coming online all the time. We track about 1100 uh, blockchain companies and counting on Topio Networks. It's just, uh, you know, it's just going at light speed here. And so you mentioned, I believe, uh, some coaching or consulting over the last couple of years for, for companies or? Yeah, exactly. Prior to Topio Networks, I was coaching CEOs on their pitch decks, uh, you know, helping them uh, sh- shape their pitch deck development and delivery uh, to attract investors, partners, and clients. I still do a bit of that on the side. So I have experience kind of from the entrepreneurial startup framework in general. And, you know, that emerged more into a focus on the uh, blockchain space. I also have a consulting firm that helps uh, companies start their blockchain initiatives. So if they're looking to launch a blockchain initiative or launch a blockchain company, I connect them with developers and talent 
uh, and the right people to you know push that conversation forward and hopefully get more of these companies off the ground. And, and do you in kind of connecting you know those relationships with those startups? What are you seeing in the uh, you know raising capital space right now? It seems like it's yeah, I guess getting pretty busy. What I'm noticing is a lot of smaller shops, a lot of venture capital shops, you know, one or two managing partners who are looking to get involved on the earlier side, maybe not quite seed, but like post seed or kind of a between seed and series A type of uh, space. And I'm noticing a lot uh, of, of, uh, of players wanting to get in that space, which isn't really interesting to see. And I think they're just, no, they, they want to spur innovation, right? They want to help people at the earlier stage. They want to, they see that the multiples of returns uh, in the DeFi space are just extraordinary. So they, they want to get in uh, earlier. And I, I think, so I think that's, that's a trend that I've been seeing and it's really exciting, right? Cause it means they're going to support a lot more earlier stage companies and we're going to see some breakouts uh, from that. I think we're seeing a few more, quite a bit of rolling funds getting started by influencers and so forth for these seed rounds. And uh, maybe what, what is your thought on that or, you know, their ability to bring traffic to the startups because of their influence? I think it, it's going to always come back to the fundamentals, right? You know, it's, it's, it's great to have a good logo and an interesting page and, you know, a white paper. And, you know, I, those things are, are seriously important, right? You know, you need to have good branding and, and all that. But when you get down to the fundamentals, you got to ask questions like who's going to use it, you know, and, and why would they use it? And why would they use it, you know, instead of the competitor? So I think, you know, looking at the NFT space is a pretty interesting deep dive of that, right? So right now, a lot of the action has been happening on Ethereum. And, you you know, so if you install MetaMask and you're buying on OpenSea or Rarible, usually you're doing that in Ethereum. Problem is Ethereum has these really high gas fees, which are, you know, these, these fees associated with processing it and, and, and confirming the payments so that you might pay $50 every time you want to trade or, you know, the artist is paying 50 or 60 bucks just to upload the NFT for sale. So no one really talks about that, but it's, it's a problem and it's slowing down the market. So then you have other players like Wax, and Tron and other uh, blockchains coming in who are saying, well, look, we can do this on, on lower fees. So we're going to see a transition to different marketplaces which support that uh, until the Ethereum gas fees come down. But uh, you know, that's an example where innovation and, and the tra- transition is taking place. So what is your take on some of these, I guess, platforms, as you said, where the gas, you know, obviously Ethereum, the, the gas fees are high, but then the other areas where it's lower, but maybe not being as decentralized and kind of, you know, control your assets from a long-term perspective. Well, it's an interesting issue in decentralization. And I think that really comes into play with the storage, right? So the, the second you start scratching the surface about what an NFT is, and I'll get back to your question in a second, but the second you start scratching the surface about what an NFT is, you say, well, where is this thing being stored, right? So I'm buying a token, that token's in my wallet, that's great. And there's a link to a digital file somewhere. But if that's sitting on a server in someone's basement, like how secure is my NFT file? So these are the kinds of questions people are asking. They're really good questions. And there are decentralized uh, file services, which can you know ensure the uptime. There's obviously never 100% uh, uptime. But these are the kind of core infrastructure developments that people are investing in and thinking about how to make a more robust NFT ecosystem. Uh, what was your question again? I want to make sure I, I want to get... I think we're just discussing, you know, one of the, the questions is how, like, you know, yeah, I mean, you're basically alluding to is that, you know, it, it's stored on some server, right? And the more centralized you go, the more possibility you run out, run into where a company could go out of business at some point in the future that is hosting that JPEG, right? And kind of, mm-hmm. you know, how do you see the space, you know, solving that problem? Okay, so I, I have a bit of a, you know, countercultural view on this one. Okay, so uh, I don't mean to step on any toes. Okay, but 
I think it's at least worth considering that this problem, quote unquote, may be a little bit overblown. It may not be such a problem. I mean, when was the last time you clicked a YouTube link and you and you and you and you and you had a panic attack because you didn't know that the YouTube link would lead to a video that you could watch? It's just never been an issue, right? Same thing with a lot of other video services, same things with Spotify, same thing with sending your file on Dropbox. And so all of a sudden you're getting a token for a piece of art and people are like, oh, I don't know where it's stored or I don't know if it'll be there in the future. Well, you weren't asking about that about any, you know, PDF contract that you just signed or, you know, I mean, so I, I think that we need to take a step back and say that, you know, that this may be a, a relatively easily solvable problem. But if you're talking, then again, if you're talking about serious IP, like I'm buying an original master of a piece of music from an artist and it's worth millions of dollars and there's an NFT associated with it, and that's a digital file ultimately, yeah, then, then you're going to really consider where that's based. Or you're buying a Beeple artwork for $69 million, which happened, as many of your listeners probably know, I would be asking some more questions about you know, just holding that token. Where is my file stored? When I want to sell it, how can that buyer be sure that they're accessing the original file? So, so they're good questions, but at the same time for, for a huge market of NFTs, we were talking about one or $2,000 for a piece of art. As long as it's stored somewhere that's a fairly stable server, I, I think you're in good shape. No, I agree. And just so we also back up for the listeners that, you know, when we're discussing NFTs, can you kind of simplify NFTs for us and, you know, all the different areas and maybe where they may apply to alternative investing, like artwork and so forth? Yeah. So NFT stands for non-fungible token and it's and it's a coin, uh, usually in Ethereum or on other blockchains that is unique and and non uh, reproducible so you can create a, a series of them like 10 of the 10 of a coin or 100 of a coin or even one but it's a unique it's a unique coin and you can't just duplicate it so it's, it has this inherent scarcity so if i mint an nft for my piece of music for example and i say there's only one of those well there's really only ever going to be one of them. And there's no way, and it's, it's verifiable on the blockchain and no one can duplicate it. So that's opened up the scarcity element to digital artists primarily who are saying, wow, I can post a piece of digital art, say there's only 10 of these things ever in existence. And then there's marketplaces where people are buying and selling these uh, like OpenSea, like Rarible, like Nifty Gateway, Zora, and a bunch more around the corner to make, to, to, to make this a feasible marketplace. Uh, so it's it's using the blockchain technology to create a scarce asset that should like ring the Bitcoin bell, right? Because Bitcoin's a scarce asset. That's the whole point of it. And it's using that same principle, but on a very micro scale to the scale of individual artists, creators, uh, and agencies that are putting this stuff out. Now, do you think to the extent that I don't want to say everything, but everything could have an NFT, meaning like uh, the title to your car, uh, you know, anything that, you know, has some form of title basically showing ownership. Do you think, <laughs> do you think we'll go that far later? you know, as we see the space expand? Well, it's highly speculative to make any comments because we're in such an early stage and we're in this hype cycle where we're seeing crazy things happen and it's hard to see where the smoke will settle, the dust will settle, right? I'm of the opinion that yes, that is the case, that we are potentially seeing the earliest stages of uh, a great type of monetization and financial revolution in which you can attribute value to pretty much anything. And people have tested the waters on this. You know, there have been, uh, you know, music artists who have said, I'll play a game of beer pong with you, <laughs> you know, as an NFT or Warren, you know, have a dinner with Warren Buffett as an NFT. So experiences. So by the time you're adding 
monetary and tradable value to experiences, then yeah, the title to a car or a house or any other IP or asset seems totally doable. And so I think that's why a lot of people are trying to are struggling with the concept because it 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 can go in any direction practically. And I think that that's really amazing, really amazing uh, potentials when you think about it. For, for all the people that are looking to invest or at least get started and, and get a better understanding of you know what an NFT is or what is a good investment today or something that's going to be worth more in the future, where do they get started and how? So interestingly, interestingly the number one uh, NFT uh, marketplace right now is NBA Top Shot, uh, where you can buy graphics and images and videos of, uh, of like interesting plays from the NBA. And so when you have, you know, they've done like 500 million in volume. And so, so when you're talking about like a, a large resource like that, you're going to have a lot, a lot of buying community. So I think you just want to make sure when you get involved in a marketplace, you see a cool NFT and you want to buy it. You're like, that's a great piece of art. That's a really interesting piece of music or something different. Well, make sure you're going to be able to sell it. And now generally the secondary market is happening on open exchange, excuse me, open C and you can, you know, and, and, but that's there's like 20 million NFTs there, right? So if people don't know about it, people aren't looking for it, it might be hard to resell it. So I would just say if you'd like to invest in these, to consider where the resale is going to happen and if there will be a market for it. You know, did it get just hyped up and pumped up uh, on the initial price and then you can't resell it very easily, uh, or do you think that it has some staying value? So that that those those are the big questions. But in a functional sense, you would go on one of these sites and download a wallet, browser-based wallet usually like MetaMask, which allows you to store Ethereum and then to buy these. And then you would, uh, you know, that would that would link up to uh, to the site and then you could uh, purchase and and sell these. So I, you know. I think, for example, you could see like if an NFT has changed a lot of hands and it doesn't look like a, a kind of a, a pump scheme where it's just going between two wallets, you know, 10 times in a minute. And it's like, well, they're just pumping up the price. And we are seeing that emerge now, unfortunately. But if you see like it's changed every few days to different wallets, it's gaining in value, that might be a good NFT. And, and you can track all this on all these marketplaces, right? It's all coded on the blockchain. So I would say, hey, that yeah, why don't you get in on that when you see a strong artist or a strong buy opportunity where it has a bit of history? Yeah, that'd be my advice. So if people start looking at NBA top shots. What uh, you know, what are the price ranges they can expect? And, you know it's, you know, you know how it is. It could be like a black hole with all kinds of information just coming at you and just kind of the best way to narrow down maybe their favorite picks. Yeah. I mean, I think there you see, it's really based on like the, the quality of player, like a LeBron NFT is going to be worth a lot more than, than, uh, you know, any other player. Cause LeBron is LeBron. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, I would say, look at the, look at the, the sale history of it, look at the previous sales. And then when they launch a new drop and they're saying, okay, we're dropping a new NFT, make sure that it, that it appears like it's going to be going up in value right now. There's a lot of hype. So there's a lot of things exploding in value, but I think you still got to be, you know, you got, you got to think about what the reasoning is as to why you're buying something. Right. So if you just see an NFT for sale, you know, that's not enough. You know, I would say you, you should, you should, and by the way, there's, there's some really interesting phenomena happening around that. So there's kind of a positive community happening in which people are saying, Hey, you know, I'm an investor. I want to support the arts. This is an opportunity for, for artists to get out there. And hey, if you have a cool piece of art, let me know. I will consider it and I'll buy it. Unfortunately, a lot of the people saying that are just, we don't know who they are and they're just random people on Twitter, right? So is it really someone who's buying it? And so what happens when when they say, hey, I have two Ether to spend in the next couple hours, show me your NFT, and they get 500 artists 
you know, saying, check this out. And probably it wasn't even a real poster to begin with. I'm not seeing how this is moving the independent art scene forward. It just sounds like a lot of people pulling at the coattails of a potential buyer when we don't even know if that, we don't even know if that's a serious buyer. So these are the, some of the growing pains happening in in the NFT market. And just like musicians had an issue with posting their song on Spotify and getting a couple cents every thousand plays, and there's millions of songs out there to compete with, we're seeing the exact same thing happening in the NFT space. So it's 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 really early to see how this is all going to shake out. What is your thought on making a good judgment on the platform, I guess, that's ultimately selling the NFT and the artist, uh, creator, whatever that may be, providing consistent value to their customers on an ongoing basis that keeps the value of the NFT you know, up or maintained. Again, that's where you got to look at where the NFT is being stored. And if you are dropping more than a couple thousand dollars on an NFT, which is like one or two Ether, so you'll see a lot for that, I, I would start asking, you know, make, make sure they make it clear where it's stored and how it's stored and how you can access it. And and then I think that, that's actually, you're raising a point of innovation that not a lot of people have gotten into, Joe, but essentially, once I have my NFT and it's on a server and you can access it, what if I can provide more value? What if, uh, you know, part of owning my music, I'll make a private mix for you, you know, offline, you know, I'll do a, you know, or I'll do a, a special version or a mix or a digital art that, that adds value or experience like, hey, we'll go to a concert together or something. You see what I'm saying? So this concept of a dynamic NFT where you own a token and then it has a living ecosystem around it, this is totally new territory. So now you're seeing why there's opportunities for innovation, opportunities for not only the creators, but the middle players, the agencies, the uh, the marketplaces and uh, you know everyone in between to to uh, to figure out where this can go and how NFTs can have more value. So I do think like re- looking at the creators and kind of looking at their past history over the last five, 10, 20 years and how they manage their audience or provided value could be a good sense into what they may do. Uh, when they have buyers of these NFTs and moving forward that can hold its value? Yes, but you know, probably like almost no one is going to do that kind of research, right? You know, <laughs> like no one, no, no one, no one heard of Beeple and then he sold a, okay, he was known in the digital arts community. But if you weren't a digital artist, like I'm not a digital artist, I hadn't heard of him. All right. And then he sells a JPEG for $69 million and everyone goes, oh yeah, well, but he, he was well-known in the arts community. Well, people well-known in the arts community weren't selling JPEGs for $69 million before that. So there's, there's, there's new opportunities emerging and how can you see them coming? You have to watch these so-called drops, you know, like, hey, this artist is going to drop something, you know, it's going to come out in a week. Nifty Gateway is really big on that. Origin Protocol is launching that a lot. They did it with Blau, the artist, and now they're kind of opening up to more music artists. And so they make it really clear, hey, we're going to have a drop in a week. And and so we, they, they pump up the energy for that. And then you have the opportunity to buy. So yeah, I, I mean, do I think it really comes into play when you're looking at higher valuations, but no one's really asking those questions, right? So I think there is an element if you're an investor, it, you know, also to look at the quality of the work, look at the quality of the work. And, and that's maybe how it diverges a lot from cryptocurrencies, right? So it's, it's hard to, you know, to assess every altcoin and what the underlying fundamentals are that would make it raise in value. But here it's really right in your face. You're like, you just like the piece of work. You just like this digital art. You think it's impressive. You've looked around and this is really cool and the price is pretty decent for what this artist is producing. Okay, there's an interesting buy opportunity, right? So we have real cultural, tangible value that that this work you know has. It is a visible 
or Audible or some other piece of IP that you need to attribute to it. I think what all these questions are really leading to is how, how do we judge today's value and judge the value of where it's going to go in the future to make a good decision, right? <laughs> And that's kind of the, uh, I guess, the million dollar question all the time. Maybe, you know, I'm just thinking from the mm-hmm. investor's hat, you know, put the investor's hat on is what else can we do to make a, a determination of where this may go in the future or how to allocate over time? Well, I think those baselines are being set right now, right? So when a Jack Dorsey first tweet sells for $2 million, you're like, okay, well, that's Jack Dorsey. So what would like a tweet of someone who's not that famous or not the founder or CEO of Twitter go for? Well, we know his goes for 2 million. So I'm guessing, you know, some more less than that, right? So there is, there is some baseline setting, you know, or the Beeple artwork or Blau drop or anything like that. Kings of Leon, a rock band had, had, had drops as well. So that's, that's where the baseline comes in. And, and then you, you know, but then you have to factor in the fact that we're in a hype, you know, and, and no one knows really too much about this or where it's going and they're working out the fundamentals, like where the files are stored and how you access them in the future and royalties, you know, that's another one, you know, so if if I produce an NFT and put it out there and then someone else resells it, I might only get royalties if it stays on the same platform because they can track it. The second it goes on another platform, I might not even get any more royalties and I can maybe select my royalties, but then it becomes irrelevant because it's getting traded somewhere else. So there's, there's theft, you know, like I, people just stealing art and putting them out as NFTs. I mean, what's interesting is all of the old principles of copyright and trademark come into play and they need to step up. The legal needs to step up. Everything needs to step up to say, okay, whoa, you're putting an NFT out there. That doesn't mean you somehow can ignore the fact that we have copyright laws. We still have copyright laws. We still have trademark laws. We still have licensing standards. So we need to seriously and quickly upgrade all of that to make sense in the NFT world. I think most of the creators, I guess, retain their copyrights. Is that correct? Or kind of what, what is the rule kind of happening right now? Well, you don't give up your copyright until I, you know, you get a contract that says someone gave up their copyright and gave it to you. Blockchain didn't magically evaporate copyright contract, right? So what is the right that is given? Totally unclear. You have a token, it links to a file. You, we know that token is unique. I think there needs to be some uh, you know, additional documentation that goes on top of that. And that's part of, I think, the maturation of uh, the industry is when you see a company come in and say, hey, you know, you're getting an NFT, but you're getting a bunch of contracts to sign also because this NFT means something, right? It means that you have the right to... <clears throat> you know, listen to it or view it or share it in some respect. Right now we're in a kind of wild west free for all and and no one has really solved those issues. Yeah. I feel like with growth, you first a lot of times see the problems, right? And then you got to quickly jump and find the solutions, right? And that's kind of what you're saying is that we're starting to see those problems and now we got to figure out how to legally solve for it, correct? Is that the market happened before any of anyone started asking these questions? You know, it's just people just started buying and selling this stuff and making money and now artists are getting involved and it's just no one actually said, hey, wait a second, what about these issues? It's just just going, it's just going full steam, you know, logging more value in the past uh, quarter than it has in the past two or three years. And if searches, Google searches for NFT have now surpassed Google searches for DeFi, decentralized finance. Uh, that happened in the last uh, two months. So yeah, we're just, so the floodgates are open and people need to figure out what it all means and where it can go. So there's immense opportunity. If you're an investor in the space, you're looking at startups that are doing something interesting, solving some of these fundamental problems, or you're an entrepreneur and you're like, hey, I want to launch something and, and this this hasn't been solved or it hasn't been solved well. I mean, take a look at marketplaces. You know, you hear a lot about Rarible, 
Well, have you ever tried to launch an NFT on Rarible? I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. It's a little less than a pleasant experience. Okay, <laughs> it's a little less than a pleasant experience as someone who launches an NFT there. Super confusing. No documentation. No support. They have something called a Rary token, which they think has value and is actually tradable on some exchange, but not really clear what it means. Some governance token that they just drop and make out of thin air. Like it is it, so. And the whole experience is a black box. You know, you have to verify your profile, but they verify some people. They don't verify other people. No one knows why. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, this is not a really healthy user experience. So yeah, you talk about opportunities for innovation. Yeah, like bring it on. You're like, we need a lot of innovation in this space to make it really functional. And then you have the fact that not many people know how to install or ever heard of browser-based wallet. What is that? Well, it's kind of necessary to buy and sell NFTs. It's pretty easy to, to set up. But if you, you know, first you have to get your mind around to some extent what a browser-based wallet is. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that they just listen to music and they just download music and they just watch videos on YouTube. They don't think Ooh. about this kind of stuff. So if you want to get take it out of this niche crypto community and bring it to the masses, you're going to have to make easier on-roads for this kind of thing. Is there any pricing mechanisms out there right now that are starting to price these assets or track the assets and provide an estimated value to the market? You know, Coin uh, CoinGecko tracks it. We're having a really interesting webinar on Topio Networks that I want to let your audience know about. It's happening. I go to topionetworks.com and click advance. I believe it's on the 28th. And top blockchain analyst, Kyle Ellicott, uh, who's a co-founder of Topio Networks, will be talking about the NFT space and going into deep dive of the numbers, what's happening in it, concepts around it. And he's a top analyst on the market developments. And it's free. So please check out topionetworks.com and uh, attend this uh, free live webinar with Kyle Ellicott. And it's going to be, it's going to answer a lot of questions about the market, the numbers, and so on. And uh, feel free to reach out to me as well. And I'm happy to get you information on that. I appreciate that. And I noticed recently a couple of guys mentioning something, you know, where, where they're sharing interest or ownership in some of these NFTs, especially, I guess, more the more valuable ones. Uh, how do you see maybe investors teaming up or, you know, participating together? on the acquisition of them? Uh, you know, I think, again, we're in startup phase here and there are some there are some people hacking together solutions and smart contracts, which, you know, split ownership and track royalties. There may be some developments to the uh, ERC-721 token itself, uh, which allocates, uh, you know, percentages or tracks royalties or has other features, which make it a little more suited to this fast moving and fast evolving space. Right now, there is no go-to resource that I'm aware of. Probably some firms trying to position for that. But again, these are, these are, these are great points. And, you know, again, so let's say you split it up and you say, okay, maybe you use your wallet. I use my wallet. We go in on this. But what happens when it gets resold? What happens when it's moving around the blockchain space? How is this all tracked? How is it all split? And and good questions. Good questions. We'll have to see how it evolves, you know? Now, are you seeing any ability to be able to collateralize the NFTs yet or get a loan against it? Or are we, are we not there yet? I can't uh, cite any specific resource for that. I believe there is there is certainly talk about that kind of thing. I, I think in the same way that you have loans and ways to collateralize Bitcoin or other or other coins, it makes sense. Although, again, we're talking about unique tokens for, for anything. Like, what does it mean to get a loan against a GIF of an animated taco? I, I'm not... It makes sense when you're talking about a drop from a major music artist that costs a couple million dollars. Then we can think about what that means. But... Who's going to give a loan, you know, to buy to buy some silly image, right? And 
that, that actually, you know, segues into the whole marketplace concept. Another really important point. A lot of these marketplaces are becoming like curated marketplaces. OpenSea is exactly what it sounds like. It's an open sea of post anything. And it's great. It's setting a fundamental baseline for technology standard in the industry. That's great. But there's a lot of other sites like Zora and Nifty Gateway who are saying, slow down. We got to make sure you're a real artist. We got to make sure that this is really quality work you're posting. It's got to meet our quality standards. And then we can post it. And then we feel like that's good. The only problem is with that is it's the same problem that's been happening in art galleries around the world since time immemorial. Who gets picked? Who doesn't? Who are the arbiters of that? Who gets to play in that space? Is it a is it a completely objective process? Obviously not. <laughs> Obviously not a completely objective process. It's probably some objective standards, probably some subjective standards. So there's a lot of questions about how do people get into it? How do they get into a place that, that feels good for them? So from a centralized type service currently right now, that gives them a, the more a better ability to pre-screen the type of content that's coming on their platform, right? And verify the uh, creator. And make deal, make deals. Like Playboy's making a deal with Nifty Gateway. Those those terms have not been disclosed, right? What kind of cuts are they? What kind of cuts are the marketplaces taking to launch this? We don't know. We don't know. It'd be interesting to find out, right? So yeah, they they can they can curate it. They can check what's going on, and they can make private deals. It's all very hush hush backdoor stuff. No one knows really what the mechanics are. It feels a little bit like uh, 2017, where everyone had to pay. 100, 500 or whatever that number was to exchanges to get their, their coin listed, right? <laughs> well, we know what happened with a lot of the ICOs, right? <laughs> and it's the same thing that's going to happen with the, you know, the 20 million NFTs on OpenSea. They're not going to have real value. They're not. It's, you're going to have to prove your value. Yeah, you're going to see some hype now and random people go crazy and sell a bunch of their art. And that's wonderful. That's cool. That's a nice headline. Some teenager made 200 grand in a weekend. Awesome. That's not going to be the standard. The standard is going to become what's people at, people like you asking thoughtful questions. What's the basis for value of this particular NFT? Yeah, I got to like the work of art. How is it stored? Did this have a sale in the past? Do I think I can resell it? You know, how is the artist getting paid with royalties? The, you know, these kinds of fundamental questions. And uh, that's how early we are. And that's why I think it's great to be talking about this topic because we're so early and so many unanswered questions. So if, you, if this is like an investor's playground, right? If they're like, oh my, you know, there's just so much, so many directions they could go as this is exploding. And yeah, so I think, I think that's, that's the answer. And yeah. again, I'm, I'm happy to speak a private, have a call with anyone about interesting opportunities. You can find me on LinkedIn. I think Joe will post that and uh, you know, happy to talk with any of your listeners further on that. Yeah. I mean, if you're not watching the space 24 seven, you obviously everyone knows you get your friends calling up, asking what to invest in. Like, look, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, when it comes to crypto, I just say Bitcoin, Ethereum, and just, you know, call it the day and go back to work and make money. <laughs> Well, was it like 80% of the ICOs were were just straight up fraudulent, just fake, you know? I mean, you know, I, lots I, lots I guess, money. I guess what I'd like to say, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to dictate. I, I kind of call it. I mean, I think so many intention, great intentions, high hopes, but at the end of the day, we wasn't realized what they could actually execute. And, you know, uh, you know, yeah. So right now, I think we're, we're seeing that in NFT, right? There's going to be a lot of people that all put NFTs out to the world, but- I, my opinion is figuring out who, which creators are going to engage their fans and keep that value the long run, you know, whether that's 10, next 10, 20 years, and that's going to prop, keep that value of the NFT rate, you know, going up in price and then also offering services or something that kind of gets you maybe inside back, pat, you know, VIP type passes. Right. And remember, we're talking about a baseline technology. 
Don't confuse the baseline technology with the best applications, okay? So you have the internet. Well, there were a few things that were built on top of the internet, which you know allowed it to be a useful technology. So by the same token, not to use the pun token, but by the same token, right? NFT is a, a, a division or a fork of blockchain. Well, blockchain is the underlying technology of Bitcoin. You know, it's been amazing. A- again, NFT is a, an opportunity. It's a space. It's a canvas. How you approach it, where you think it can go, that's, that's no one has the answer for that, you know? And we're going to see interesting applications. So I would say watching the space is a good idea because when you watch the space, you go, wow, that's really cool. There's, there's, a, you know, there's an interesting new application of NFT that I think could have a very big upside. And here's why. No one's really doing it. It's kind of a, a niche. These, these, you know, when, you, when you watch the space and you, and you see some of the signals, you're able to get in and make some, make some good bets, I think. I think, you know, in just my opinion is obviously buy something that you just want for yourself that you think is going to be valuable later. And if it goes up in value, it goes up in value, right? <laughs> good artwork and you like to, you know, enjoy it for yourself. That's, that's a safe bet. Well, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about individual pieces of art. I'm talking about startups and, you know, players in the space, but it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you look at, you, you know, you should have some pride of ownership at this, pl- at this point. If you just want to buy NFTs and, and just own them and see what happens. Yeah. Have some pride of ownership. Say, Hey, this is just a really cool piece of art. I went to NBA top shot. I just really like this scene. I really like this player, own it, hold on to it. And then you'll see an opportunity to sell it. Maybe. Maybe not. At this point, we're in a very big upswing, so you'll probably want to sell it, you know, in a weekend and make twenty or thirty percent. But but I think the way you're approaching it is right. Be passionate about it. Be excited about it. It's just, it, you know, and, and get involved on that stage. I'm just saying, on the wider, you know, bird's eye view of it, look at, you know, start watching some of the opportunities. Go to TopioNetworks.com. Start researching some companies there. Start, go, you know, searching for NFT news on your favorite blockchain news resource. And you'll see, go to Clubhouse if you're on that. I mean, there's so, I, I'm just amazed at how many startups there are emerging out of, seems like out of anywhere that are doing something potentially interesting. But a lot of these are just like landing pages, right? Like, I'm going to do something interesting, enter your email, and I'll get back to you when I launch something. Well, okay. But I'd rather see something that's kind of going and kind of has a concept behind it. And more than a concept, some, some technology built or some solution built around it. Uh, and that's, I think, where the opportunities are. For all the, obviously, the investors or entrepreneurs that uh, you know are investing or they're running their own business uh, and so forth, where do you see some areas maybe where they can utilize NFTs into what they're doing within their company? Any ideas or thoughts yet? Anywhere where you own IP would be it would be an on road to it. You know, you own the IP to a patent. You own the IP. I mean, not like there. That's a, you know, it's really clear what that. You know, how you would sell that, but you could develop a marketplace uh, or use a marketplace out there potentially either now or in the near future. So anywhere where you have IP. Now, so now you need to start thinking about who has IP, right? And uh, all of a sudden, the whole this is basically a huge wake-up call to the media industry, anyone involved in media and anyone who is connected to people in the media industry, because they're all just trying to figure this out like anyone else, but they are sitting on a lot of IP that right now can be moved in the NFT market. So that I think is at the moment, you know, a sweet spot for the NFT space. But as we will see marketplaces open up and become more versatile and new marketplaces emerge, then it'll be like any kind of IP. And as you mentioned, potentially any kind of asset at all. So yeah, I, I would say start thinking about your IP or access to IP. When you when you say marketplaces, do you think, uh, is there any winners yet? Do you think some of the marketplaces will each specialize in some certain area or what do you say? What is your opinion there? 
Yeah, I hope Rarible goes away. No, I'm kidding. I really like Rarible. Um, they're, they're great. Uh, just they need to fix a few things. <laughs> uh, I think it's really too early to, to, to say, you know, we're in a, a kind of a very early horse race. I mean, I think a lot of people are looking at what Nifty Gateway is doing and this kind of more attractive website, more, you know, really active on the drops. They send you a lot of emails. Hey, we're going to drop this. Hey, we're going to drop this. So they got a strong marketing arm. You know, it's mostly quality curated work, uh, some well-known artists. So this is a, this is a, a strong, strong start for them. You know, OpenSea is just a sound, just what it sounds like, just a anything and everything. Uh, but again, establishing good core technology standards. These are all, all pretty much all these firms are raising new funding rounds. So yeah, but I think I think it's a good question. And we have to see what is developed in the space in terms of marketplace and what blockchains they build on top of. So, you know, Tron is is launching their own solution. Wax has a solution. They actually Wax just entered a partnership with Tops, the trading card company. Mm-hmm. So now you're gonna that was just announced within the last 48 hours. So you're gonna see these trading cards in digital form on the Wax blockchain, which is mostly like a gaming blockchain resource. I think it's a space to watch and to see who's going to serve your needs to launch your IP. But I will say just because it's a marketplace doesn't mean it's the ideal place to sell your IP and most likely not the ideal place to buy your IP. So, you know, we have to watch that space. Do you think the uh, underlying blockchain will boost the value of that certain NFT? Or what I'm saying is, will investors look at where it's being hosted and so forth in order to kind of give it more value or less value? Well, I feel like Ethereum is 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 kind of the, you know, gorilla in the room, right? I mean, they just everyone is somehow feels comfortable with buying and selling with Ethereum and it's become more of a standard for the uh, you know, the the currency which can pump through the active distributed application ecosystem. Bitcoin is seen as more of like a store of value, it's like digital gold. Uh, but Ethereum is the is is the glue that's holding together all the DeFi ecosystem at the moment. Now there's a lot of other notable players, but I think investors and uh, other stakeholders need to feel more comfortable with these other blockchains and see you know them gain some traction before they say, "Great, I'll buy and sell on a marketplace that is not re- that is not on Ethereum or not fully functional with Ethereum," because we just don't have a real track record with that. And for those that may not be interested in the NFTs specifically, but somehow in the infrastructure, is there any plays there that you kind of recommend that an investor can, you know, put some capital to work? I don't have any specific recommendation. I because I don't want to favor or disfavor anyone because you know I do wear a hat in which I consult for these these kinds of companies. So I, I would say you know to look at the different uh, blockchain stacks like uh, Wax and Tron. Uh, basically competitors to Ethereum and and see what kind of initiatives they have. And if you believe that those will be growing initiatives, because practically any company is mentioning that's involved with blockchain is mentioning the NFT space. So any infrastructure company, and you can go to topionetworks.com and see the blockchain infographic, which tracks currently, I think, 1,100 companies and growing all the time. And it's, uh, it's an AI-generated uh, ecosystem that's curated as human curation. And basically, you can go, you can download for free the blockchain landscape, and then I would do a zoom in on the infrastructure companies within the blockchain, and then you can start to look around at, at who's doing core infrastructure and see who you might want to you know, invest in if there are investment opportunities with some of those. That sounds good. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I think that that sums everything up. Is there anything you want to leave us in regards to NFTs too? Anything else that we left out? Well, I think just your to your earlier point, 
I believe NFTs can be anything. They can be attributed to any kind of asset class, intellectual property, or even experience. So we are in the earliest days of what's going on in this space. Of course, there's a lot of hype and a lot of misplays in the early days, but also a lot of opportunity. So thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about this. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think we're going to see some really amazing things happen in this space in uh, this quarter and coming ahead. No, I agree. I think even for the next 10 to 20 years, I think it's going to be, I don't think, you know, I think we definitely have some time on our side, but um, we always have, we always have a final question. What is the biggest thing that you've implemented in your life that has helped you increase your net worth? The biggest thing is, uh, has been following my inspiration. I think you really need to be inspired and excited about what you're doing because that's what gives you the juice and gives you the energy to pursue your dreams. You know, life is short and you should be really excited and really interested in what you're doing. And if you're not, probably you're not in the right domain. And when you find that thing that you're really excited and interested in, you just find you put that much more energy, the whole idea of work evaporates and you just want to do it. And that's where you see the greatest returns. I agree. I totally agree. That's actually, that's a, that's a good, I mean, I, the easiest way to do that is just look where you, you kind of, your eyes go or where you spend the time and then, you know, go down that rabbit hole, right? Well, yeah, it is a discovery process. And sometimes you're not exactly sure. Maybe, you, you know, you're interested in, in many things. You know, there used to be this phrase like jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> that couldn't be more irrelevant now because you need to master lots of things. You know, we, we, we need to look at lots of opportunities that excite you and find the intersections of where that is. And that's where you oftentimes find the innovation that you want to be involved with. Well, I appreciate it, Mark you know, for all your great help today and all the insights. I mean, what is the best way for everyone to get a hold of you? Uh, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, the best way is just to look for me on LinkedIn, you know, linkedin.com slash in slash Mark Moglin. Search for me. It's Mark with a C Moglin on LinkedIn. And I just enjoy talking about this stuff. So please get in touch and we'll have a call and, and take it from there. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. Joe Robert Show.